Good morning, Fremont Community Church. It's so good to be with you this morning, and I extend my incredible gratitude to Mark as well. We've served alongside each other for a lot of years, and I'm super grateful for his faithful, encouraging ministry as well. For those of you who haven't had the pleasure of meeting, I'm Christine Ingebretson. My claim to fame is I am the bearded man's wife, Pastor Doug. <laughs> is my husband. <laughs> and in fact, we set our vows right here 25 years ago, um, and we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Yes. Yes. And I am super excited to dive into the Psalms this morning, one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 139. In fact, there's a lot of history here at FCC this morning. The very first sermon I ever preached here at FCC and ever was on Psalm 139 in January of 2004. And I am so grateful for this church blessing me to live into the calling that God has on my life as a woman in ministry. That is something really beautiful that God is doing here in this place. It is so beautiful to see women and men in kingdom partnership bringing the gospel to the world. And I'm so grateful to be a part of it. it, it I'm on the edge of my seat. What is God going to do next here? I really am. I'm on the edge of my seat. So um, what I want to want to do is as we kind of jump into Psalm 139, how many of you are really into poetry? Some of you. How many of you are really into music? There we go. There you go. Okay. So this is like the Spotify list of the Hebrew people. This is the book of poetry set to music that basically tells the story of their lives with God. So I hope that, I hope that helps you to lean in a little bit this morning. Um, I want to start by just literally reading through the psalm, not showing any text, just actually reading this. And I would love to invite you to just let these words wash over you and even hold, like what words, when I speak them from the scriptures, what words stand out to you this morning? What thing about God makes you just be so grateful this morning? I'm going to read this for you, and then what I'm going to do is just kind of take us through it together. So I'm going to read from my scriptures that my mom gave me when I was 30. When I was 30 years old, she gave me this. Some of you know this. She gave me this Bible, and then she took it back, and for 10 years, she wrote all of her notes um, as she prayed for me. And there's more notes um, than anywhere in the Psalms. She lived in the Psalms a lot because she's an artist and a musician. And uh, so I read to you from that Bible that she gave me then 10 years later, full of notes of her prayers for me. Psalm 139. I invite you to just really soak this in. Lord, speak through your word. Holy Spirit, come alive in us through your words. We want to know you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being, 
You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. From my perspective, the Psalm 139 really feels like um, the way that a mother loves her child. I, I, I think of um, the reality that we are made in the image of God. Male and female were created in his image. And so just like God has all of the attributes of a perfect father, he also embodies all the attributes of a perfect mother. And I think so much of the way that I love my kids in the way that the psalmist talks about God. When we're first born in an ideal world, we're immediately, I'm going to show this picture here, we're immediately placed on our mother's chest, right, her arms. We're placed in her arms, and, and she can't stop looking at us. You can picture it, right? Checking for the ten toes, the ten fingers, this whirl of emotion, this crying, this, all this energy, and oh, the baby. You just can't stop looking. It's this face-to-face -face encounter. It's this holy moment. And we all know that babies can't even see very clearly beyond these inches between where a mother is nursing her baby and, and the, this eye contact, this attachment that is doing all these things in the brain to make you come alive. All the things that are making you, actually building the framework for you to have a life where you can receive love from anyone. It's happening right there between a mama and her baby. And I remember those moments with grace. I didn't have that with my two other children because they did not come to me until they were four months and six months. But that's why I love this picture of Isaac and me. This is the way God looks at you. This is his tender reflection on your face, tending to you, caring for you, nurturing you. And I really see this all throughout the Psalms. Dr. Kurt Thompson, he's a neurobiologist, he says that we are all born into the world looking for someone looking for us. And we remain in this mode of searching for the rest of our lives. We're all looking for someone looking at us. And the beautiful thing this morning is that no matter what your life started like, no matter the way your mother's posture was towards you when you were born, no matter where you find yourself today, God's tender gaze of loving kindness is ever and always upon you. We see it in the words of this breathtaking psalm, this gorgeous description of the way that you are seen and known and loved by God. And so we're just going to dive into this text. These first few verses here show us that God is focused on us. He searches us and knows us, right? He, it's a picture of him spending time getting to know us. 
Now, of course, he created us, so he made us who we are, but there's this, this beautiful poetry of him studying us, right? He knows when we sit. He's attentive to all of our ways. When we're working or resting, when we're anxious or calm, wherever we are. You know, my kids used to think that I had eyes in the back of my head because I always knew what they were up to. I, I, um, I remember when I was in the kitchen, of course, I was just listening to what they were doing, so I knew what they were doing, but they thought I could see them. I'm like, get out of the potato chips. Mom, how does she know I'm in the potato chips? It's like that picture with God, right? Um, he, he knows everything about us, and he adores us. He adores us. We were sitting on the beach this weekend, and Isaac was on my lap. I think I brought a picture of this weekend. Oh, my gosh, isn't he so cute? I like to show pictures of my kids. God likes to show pictures of you. The way that I feel about my kids is a little bit of a, a, just a minute expression of the way God feels about you. So this is Isaac, and he's sitting on my lap this weekend, and he says, man, Mom, you really like kissing me, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. I can't stop. You're like a magnet. You're like a magnet. And I thought, that's how God feels about me right now. Delights. This delight in my boys, the way taste of the way God delights in us. He understands what we're thinking, this text says as well, right? He perceives our thoughts from afar. This idea of perceiving, it's less, it's less about reading your mind and more about understanding your thoughts. He understands you. Isn't the most frustrating thing or one of the most frustrating things in the world is to be misunderstood? Like, I didn't mean that. But to be seen and known and understood by God. What a gift. God never misunderstands you. He never misunderstands you. He always gets you. And he gets everything that makes you you. I think that is so incredible. I remember um, when my daughter Grace started driving and I got, became addicted to the location services. <laughs> like, ah, where is she? Is she? Not because I was too worried. Well, yeah worried about where she was, but more about safety. Like, did she get to her destination? And I, I think of God, just this, his eye on us. That's what the psalm is teaching us, and that's what the psalmist is praising God for. Several times over the weekend, Isaac said to me, we were in the grocery store, and he said, I came and I found him. He was with Doug and Kayla, and he says to me, Mom, how did you know where I was? <laughs> he said, did you smell me? And I said, yes, I smelled you. <laughs> oh, I smelled you. I saw you. I was always listening for you. I'm always looking for you. I always know where you are. And this is not because I always know where you are. This is because I always want to know where you are. You're my boy. And I'm with you. And I want to be with you. God knows the expressions on our face he knows what you are really saying. I think about how mamas often know the different cries of their babies. Have you heard about that? I know a teething cry. I know when they're hungry. I know when they're frustrated. I know when they're tired. Moms know the different sounds of the different voices, of the different cries. God knows all of the sounds of your cries, all of the tones of your voice. And it reminds me of Romans 8 where it talks about our groans, the Holy Spirit groans on our behalf, that, that, that we can pray with wordless prayers and that God understands us. He can interpret it because he knows us. How incredible is that? that all, to pray, all we have to do is, is like just say a name. 
Look to God and he can literally read and hear and know and understand all that you're crying out for in the depth of who you are. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. We talked about that a little bit. He knows the tone. But I love this idea of being hemmed in. What does hemmed in mean? Hemmed in, that sounds like old school words. It's really this idea of God surrounding you, that God's presence is always around you. In fact, I love the NLT translation of that. It says, you both proceed and follow me, and you place your hand of blessing on my head. I love the idea of God's hand of blessing on my head. My love language is touch. So when I read the stories of Jesus, like, sweeping up the children into his arms and putting his hands of blessing on them, when I read him touching people with leprosy and touching people who are untouchable, and, and speaking life and love and healing over them. That resonates with me. You place your hand of blessing upon my head. God's hand of blessing, even now, is on your head. He is before you and behind you. Uh, one, one time, um, God gave me a, an experience of this on a bike ride um, at Coyote Hills with my daughter, Kayla Joy. You see I'm talking a lot about my kids? That is strategic. I want you to understand that God loves you with the love of a mother. This is this perfect, beautiful love. The love of a father and the love of a mother, all encompassed in his perfect love for you. It's incredible. And so this is this picture. I was on a bike ride and have a picture of my kids on a bike, <laughs> just so you can visualize it. I, this is something I wrote, and I'm going to read it to you. And it gives you this picture of proceeding how God goes before and behind us. It was a bright and beautiful Saturday morning, Coyote Hills. On a bike ride with Doug and Kayla, I could feel the sun on my back and the wind through my hair. The path that we took was a bit narrow, and many other bikers and pedestrians were enjoying it along with us. As Kayla was riding in front of me, I began to see some of what was coming up ahead. I realized that she wasn't aware of it, so I began to coach her from behind. Stay to the right, baby girl. Do you see that biker coming right up ahead? Ooh, honey, there's a little one running with her mama. Slow down, baby girl. Be careful. I know it's hard to get up the hill. Stand up on your bike pedals and pump hard, harder. You can do this. You can do it. Yay, you did it. Okay, now be careful as you descend. Ride the brakes a bit. Slow down. Good job. I love bike riding with you. There were a few moments where Kayla needed a break, so I would go to her side and be with her, resting there until she was ready to get back on. Of course, I never left her. I was always with her. And even though she wasn't sure she could make it, I knew she could. At one point, Doug was in front of her, and I was behind her, and my mind went straight to Psalm 139. The words of the psalmist flooded my heart. You both precede me, and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. On the bike ride that day, God gave me a picture of his daily, moment-by-moment -moment presence with me. He is in front of me. He is behind me. He sees things that I can't see, and so he whispers the way. He whispers the way. He tells me where to go, what to do, all the while being right there, encouraging me, inspiring me to, be, to walk by the power of his spirit. This is what God does for you. This is what he wants to do for you. He, the Holy Spirit, when you trust in Jesus, lives in you, and he is consistently nudging you and showing you the way. And life with him is a beautiful adventure. Like the psalmist then says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I cannot get my head around this kind of love, this kind of care, this kind of attention. To be so intimately known by God, so relationally connected to him, it's just incredible. It's incredible, the psalmist says. And for some of this, it feels, some of us in this room, this feels too good to be true. Some of you 
Your only experience of a parent is one of, of never being good enough, of constant criticism. Never quite right. You make the bed, mm, it's not quite right. A minus could have been an A. Whatever it was, that voice in your head is not God. The voice shaming you, criticizing you, tearing you down is not God. But so many of us, well into our lives, think about that, that kind of voice that, that vo brings the voice that brings shame and guilt. We think of that as God's voice, when actually it's a voice that we built based on maybe some of the voices of our parents or other people in our life early on. And we think that it's God's voice. If you have that inner critic going on in your mind, I really encourage you to say, God, is that your spirit or is that a lie? And he will show you. And if you don't know, talk to someone. We're in community. This is not supposed, this, this book of Psalms was a songs for them to sing in community, like those beautiful songs we sang before. So if you are wondering if this is from God or not from God, ask a brother or sister. Is this thought, what do you think of this? Is this a thought that you think is from God or and you can process it together. We need to remember that we are the beloved of God. We have been, so many people have misrepresented who God is. And parents, so many of us have had parents who have, have somehow misrepresented God. And so we need to look at them and go, okay, how am I misunderstanding you, God, because of the way I was parented? And then the big invitation is how are you going to show your kids the way God loves them by the way that you love them? You'll never do it perfect. Everyone needs therapy. Welcome to being human. But we can take a little step closer, and the best thing we can do for our kids is to live in the love of God ourselves. The best thing we can do to walk in healing and wholeness for our kids is to do the work ourselves. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? There's nowhere we can go that God isn't there. He's always with us. There's places you've gone that you thought God didn't go with you. He went to you. He was there with you. He was there. He was in that dark place with you. He doesn't <laughs> stay outside the door while you go in. He goes in with you. Have you ever read the book, The Runaway Bunny? The Runaway Bunny, um, it's poetry and the story. A bunny, she's anxious to leave home. Um, to go out into the world, but Mama Bunny keeps chasing after Baby Bunny. This story, you guys, this story is the gospel. Basically, what she does, this Mama Bunny, is she becomes everything that, that this bunny needs. So if, if he goes to the garden, she becomes a gardener. If she wants to be a bird, he the Mama becomes a tree. <laughs> Whatever, however, like, look at this, look. I'm, <laughs> isn't this fun? This is fun. At least you're with me, right? Look, she, she becomes this tree so that when this bunny becomes a bird, he can nestle in her branches. Jesus proved that God will go to any length to be with us. Jesus literally left the glory of heaven and put on flesh and blood and entered into the womb of a teenage girl making himself vulnerable, making himself killable, stepping in, being birthed into the wreckage of humanity 
because of love. His love for us that would take him not just from heaven to earth, but to the cross. This is the love of God that I see all through this psalm. A love that will go anywhere and do anything to make it right, to be with us. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, we think we can hide from God. You know, you hear people say, oh, I couldn't step foot in a church because, what? You heard that? You're all in church, so you're like, oh, no, the fire's not going to come down on me. There are people that literally think if they step foot in the church, the fire of God will come down on them. This is language that people use. I don't know that they really believe it. This is the misunderstanding. People think that you have, to, you, you have to get your stuff together before you come to God. It's the opposite. You come to God with and in your funk, and then he fixes it. This is what's stopping so many of us from the next step in our journey with Jesus, is we think we got to get something fixed first before we come to him. When he says, come to me, and I will, I will take you, and I will make you into everything that I dream for you to be. We just have to step into it. I think that we talk about it, even in darkness that God is with us, this, this, this scripture tells us. I, I believe that especially in the darkness, God is with us. And we see that in other places in the Psalms. It says God is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. When you are dark, when you are in a dark season of your life, God is closer than ever. This is our God. When we are scared, he is there. When, we have, when we're going to places that we have no business being, he is there. When we go to that internet site, because we can't seem to resist it, he is there with us. When we pour that fifth glass of wine, he is there with us. He's right there saying, oh, I know. I know those things are going to make you feel good for a minute. But I have everything that's going to give you life, living water that's going to fill all the thirsty places in you. Come to me, and I will fill you up. Come to me in the dark, and I will give you everything you need. God wants to light you up. When I was a little girl, I remember my mom comforting me in the middle of the night. I don't know any kid that isn't at least a little bit afraid of the dark. And the comfort of my mom's arms in the middle of the night Maybe for you, it was your dad's arms in the middle of the night. Not having that comfort in the middle of the night breaks my heart. Like a nurturing mother, God offers you his comforting presence in the dark places that are guaranteed to part of, be part of your life story. God's comforting presence is with you. And as Jesus comforts us, we are invited to share that comfort with others. There's always a dance in our relationship with God, right? I love this passage um, I, I share it so often. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. All praises belong to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he is the Father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. We can bring them the same comfort that God has poured out upon us. The God of tender, endless comfort coming alongside, right? The picture of the Holy Spirit coming alongside us, giving us what we need, comforting us. This is that whole picture of our mess becoming our ministry, of your greatest wound, your biggest mistake becoming the birthplace of the greatest things God wants to do through your life, 
The places God comforts you most deeply are the places that you then can reach out and comfort others. This is part of your purpose. For you to visit the most painful parts of your story is a very important thing for you to do in your life with God because it's the birthplace. I'm telling you, your most painful parts of your story. That's how God, because God's a redeemer. So he's going to go to the most painful places and he's going to work with that. He's going to redeem it and he's going to offer it as a gift to you and to the world around you. But we have to surrender that part of our story. So often we want to hide the part of our, the dark parts of our story. We want to hide them. And God can't use stuff. He's, you know, he's just kind that way. He's not going to make you use it. He, offered, he says, can you give this to me? Can you surrender it to me so that I can take your story and write something really gorgeous that you can't even really begin to imagine? I love this next, pas- this next part of the passage. Um, it's one of my favorites. This idea that God, that we are God's idea, that he knit us together. The inmost being here, um, one translator said, you created my essence. Isn't that beautiful? Your you-ness. He created your essence. You're his idea, and every person in the world is his idea. This idea of knitting, too, I think is so um, personal and intimate, isn't it? Does any of you have someone in your life who knits for you, or do you knit? It's very intimate, right? You're pulling together. Um, I remember, I think when I preached in 2004, I brought a sweater that Mrs. Troy had, had knit for one of my kids. Um, when you are knitting, there's this intimacy. It's very personal. It's you're getting your hands dirty. You're picking what colors you want in there, what kind of stitch you want. You're choosing what's in there. And God is, has chosen what to weave into your life. And so many of us um, criticize ourselves. And we're, we curse the way that God has made us instead of offering the way God has made us to him. Do you look in the mirror and say, wow, God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what the worshiper is doing here. He's literally worshiping God for how incredible he is. What a great invitation for us. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. I'm going to hop over here. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What a connection, right? Knitting together. In, in our mother's womb, God creates a masterpiece. The Greek word there for masterpiece is, is poema. So it, it's like this idea of he, he, he writes you. I love how Mark Batterson says, your life is a unique translation of scripture. The way that you respond to God, the way that you live out the love of God in your life is a way that people can meet God. What an incredible gift. This, God has planned things for you to do. And you get to be a part of his work in the world. I love this. How precious are your thoughts? What he's saying is, how amazing is this? That, how amazing is this? How precious are your thoughts to me? Uh, uh, this word thoughts can be translated purpose. How precious is your purpose? I am overwhelmed at the magnitude of the purpose that you have given me when you knit me together in my mother's womb. Some of us need to be corrected in the way that we think about our life. This psalm does that for us. We are created with great love and with great purpose. When you see something incredibly beautiful and incredibly breathtaking and you say, wow, this is the tone here. 
This is the tone. Then there's this transition to this crazy, like, whoa, where did this come from part of the psalm, right? Did you, did you um, hear that kind of when I was reading? It's like, wow, it's all this, like, you, you search me, you know me, and then get away from me, you bloodthirsty men. <laughs> where does that come from? Um, <laughs> you guys are tired in here. Okay. Um, I was at a crazy church a couple weeks, like, two weeks ago. I was like, whoa, people were jumping. <laughs> so I got to, like, regroup here. Okay, you're with me. Okay. Um, this, this tone here, like I said, um, it's, it's, we've, we're studying the Psalms. They're all different kind of genres in the Psalms, right? You've got praise and thanksgiving and Psalms of ascent and Psalms of lament. This is clearly a hymn and thanksgiving Psalm with a little bit of a, a little kind of detour to a lament. He's in the middle of something really hard. And this is confusing for us as followers of Jesus because what did Jesus say in just what we studied in the Sermon on the Mount about enemies? Anyone? Love your enemies and... Pray for those who persecute you. That does not sound what this guy is doing here in the, in the psalm, right? He's basically cursing them. Don't I hate those who hate you? And I count them as my enemies. And I'm, you know, it's, very, it's kind of like a curse on them, right? So that's why it's really important for us to understand the context. This is the Hebrew scriptures. There was the way that they were interacting with God and his people. There was a kind of a different season. We are no longer under the law. We follow Jesus when there's ever kind of, you know, we can, this is a huge, long theological debate that I will let Eric talk about, talk about next time. Or if you have any questions, ask him. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but the, the point is, we follow the words of Jesus. This helps us understand how it feels to have an enemy. And here's what, what I do whenever I see places like this in the Psalms. I think of the spiritual battle that we're in. I remember that I am against an evil one and demonic powers and principalities that are trying to come against us to destroy the work and the purpose that God has for us. So that very much is in line. I don't want anything to do with the enemy and his strategy over my life, right? And that's why I wanted to pull this out here. Ephesians 6, 12 says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The enemy is the, the devil and the demonic principalities and powers, right? It's not the people. The people are the pathway that the enemy uses. And so for us to completely live in the power of the Spirit and, and pray the blood of Jesus over all of everyone who we feel has that touch or is, is, is being influenced by demonic powers and principalities, that's how we need to live. It's, it is, we are in, and as Westerners are not awakened to the reality of the demonic enough. And I think if we were awakened more to that, we would live with a lot more power. Not because we're scared of them, but because we have all authority in heaven on earth over these demonic powers. They have no power over us because the, the, the spirit of the living God lives in us, and Jesus has taken care of all of it on the cross, and we can stomp the evil right under our feet. But first, we have to make sure we're aware that it's the evil one lying to us. Identify the lie, and then live in the truth. That's what the invitation is. Oh, somebody's here. Thank you. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. I love it. Okay. So what would it look like um, to live from this place? What would it look like to live from the place of being adored and loved by God like this? How does it make you feel if I say you get the final rose? If I say God's pictures, like the pictures that he had, he, he has you on his cell phone and he is like, oh, look, look what she did last week. Like, this is how God feels about you. And I think that living from that place could really change everything. 
living from that place of being loved by God releases us into the fullness of his purposes over our lives. The thing I do love um, is just the honesty here in the psalm, too. He, he's so honest with God about their interaction and the way he feels about him. Like I started with, we're all born into the world looking for someone looking for us. And we remain in the mode of searching for the rest of our lives. No matter what you've been through, or how well or not well you've been loved, God absolutely adores you. God's tender gaze of loving kindness, it's on you. And from that place of love, he invites you into his work in this world. I love this, this text, and I just thought about it um, kind of as we close today. Can a mother forget, this is from Isaiah, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she is born? Most likely not. But Isaiah is saying, though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hand. This is a picture of God having a tattoo of you with him, ever and always before him, you. So this morning, my prayer for you is that when you begin to hear about this and it, and it goes into your mind, that you would ask the Holy Spirit for this kind of truth, that God loves you like this, to actually descend from your mind down into your spirit and change the way that you actually experience God. When you experience and live this way, when you understand that God loves you this way, everything else just kind of falls off. Living water is offered to you by our God who sees you and knows you and intimately loves you. He offers it to you, and all you have to do is come and drink. So Jesus, we just thank you so much for the way that you embodied this psalm when you came in flesh and blood. Thank you for being willing to leave glory, the glory of heaven and perfection to become vulnerable because of love for us, Lord. It breaks my heart that, we, that maybe we've heard the story so many times that we forget how ravishing it is. So God, would you just wake us up to the wonder of your love? I just know how much I take for granted the wonder of your love. And so I pray today for a fresh revelation for each of us. That a fresh revelation of your love would, would come to us and would just light us up from the inside like that song said. That it would just light us up. And that we'd be so radiant with your love that people would be drawn to your light and they would say, what, it, it, what do you have? Because I want it, God. Please let us be people that are beacons of light and hope because we are living, loved by you, God. I thank you so much for this time together. And I pray that um, the words of your scripture would come to us all throughout this next week 
Holy Spirit, would you just drop these phrases and words into my brothers and sisters' hearts as they need them. Draw us to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.